Keep your car looking its absolute best year-round with 303 Cleaners and Protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nanospray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand new 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car licking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Are you tired of being tracked online? There's a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more, all for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with the push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Bradfoe Show. That's my open? That's what they used to call me, Swivel Hit Bradford. That's my open. I'm okay. waiting for you to so justify what? your stupid opinion. Bradfoe Show. That's delicious. August 25th, 2012. That's when the trade was made. Adrian Gonzalez, Josh Beckett, Kyle Crawford, Nick Punto headed to the Dodgers. Ivan De Jesus, James Loney, Alan Webster, Ruby De La Rosa, Jerry Sands, all eventually heading back to the Red Sox. But what made that trade so notable? It's because there hasn't really been a trade like it in a long, long time before and maybe since, where one team is just getting rid of so much money and changes the whole dynamic of how they view their entire organization. And another team, the Dodgers, really just saying, hey, we don't care about money. We'll do whatever it takes to win. So once again, it's been Five years, five years, August 25th, since this trade was made. We all remember it for from the Red Sox perspective, from really when the Red Sox were able to get out from under a bunch of contracts. And, and you know, a big part of that was getting rid of Adrian Gonzalez, uh, who was the key, as we're going to find out on this podcast, to making the whole deal work. The guy we're talking to on the podcast today is Larry Lucchino, who obviously was the president of the Red Sox at the time of the deal, and offers some insight into how it took place, how it started, how the talks with the Dodgers really sort of manifested itself, and ultimately, almost about a month later, finally coming to completion with this trade. And Larry's pretty good. Larry's pretty good in terms of giving the sort of mindset of where the Red Sox were at when this deal was done. And in case you were wondering, and one of the things I asked Larry is, okay, you know, you got out from all this money that was, I mean, let's, let's not kid ourselves. You know, Alan Webster and Ruby Ruby Della Rosa and Jerry 
Sands and Von De Jesus and James Loney, whatever. I mean, this was a money deal, but what made it so unique was that one team was willing to take on so much money, and Larry doesn't sugarcoat it. He, that's what he remembers about it, that this was, as he called it, the perfect storm. And another part of the, the equation here is really what happened after. We're sitting here five years out. Now, we, we saw the Red Sox win a world championship in 2013, a year after or a season after this trade was made. So what did it all mean? Did that trade lead to the world championship? And what happened from there? How did that trade really affect what we see in this year's Red Sox team or, or the Red Sox teams the years after 2013? Just to give you a little bit of idea, look this up. Dodgers since the trade. 475 and 333. Postseason, they've played in 30 games. They're 13 and 17. The furthest they've gotten is the league championship series, which they've done twice. Red Sox, record isn't as good. Isn't as good as the Dodgers. 421, 388 in regular season. Postseason, 11 and 8. But you do have that World Series. So one of the things I obviously asked Larry was how did that trade, what did that trade mean to the Red Sox winning the World Series the year after? And to go back to where these guys are at now, because we're going to be talking about this on this podcast, well, let's take a look. What happened, what these numbers are, where these guys are at ever since the deal. We did our best here, okay, before we get to Larry Lucchino in a minute. Adrian Gonzalez, the guy, the centerpiece of the trade for the Dodgers, since he left the Red Sox, 281, 794 OPS, still a pretty good player. Uh, You know, is he a $21 million a year player? Maybe not, but still a very good player. He was certainly, during the time he's played for the Dodgers, a $20 million a year player. And also, it should be noted, his contract runs through next year after signing that seven-year extension with the Red Sox. Josh Beckett. Retired after the 2014, that's when his contract ran out. 8 and 14, 339 ERA with the Dodgers. Nick Punto, 116 games he played in 2013, so almost a regular player last season with 2014. And Kyle Crawford, the guy whose who's money was so important for the Red Sox to get out from under. Well, he played in 320 total games for the Dodgers, hit 278 with a 720 OPS. But amazingly, in case you've forgotten, he is still getting paid. He is out of baseball, was released by the Dodgers last year with still well over $30 million owed to him, and his contract runs through this year. You remember, he signed that seven-year, $142 million deal with the Red Sox, and that stretches through the 2017 season. So think about that. Think about where the Red Sox would be if they still had Carl Crawford there and that money. Now, uh, my guess is that we would have seen a Pablo Sandoval type situation. My guess is we would never have seen Pablo Sandoval. We would have never seen Hanley Ramirez. That the option of signing these other guys that they've ultimately signed would have been out the window. As for the Red Skies, the Red Sox get, you know, once again, it didn't really matter at the time. Oh, Alan Webster, the next spring training was was hitting 99 on the gun, and a lot of people are thinking, oh, you got a top-of-the-rotation guy. Well, he only pitched in 19 games with the Red Sox before being traded to Arizona for Wade Miley. Play, pitched nine games in Arizona. Uh, 2016, pitched in Korea. Triple-A with Texas right now on the DL. Ruby De La Rosa, a guy with a lot of promise as well. He actually 
made 32 starts with Arizona, went with a Miley trade as well. 2000 and 2015, pitched in 30 games with the Red Sox. He's just undergone his second Tommy John surgery. James Loney had a couple good years with Tampa, 158 games, 155 games the next two seasons after leaving the Red Sox, but he's back in the minors, AAA with the Braves. Jerry Sands, I know that everyone wondering what happened to Jerry Sands. Well, he never pitched, he never played, I'm sorry, he never played for the Red Sox ever. He was in the Mark Melanson, Joel Hanrahan deal that sent him to Pittsburgh. Uh, also, Ivante Jesus was in that trade as well. So neither one of those guys really saw any time after 2012 for the Red Sox. And uh, and so that, there you have it. I mean, they're the guys. But once again, this wasn't about those guys. This was about the money. This was about the Dodgers. This was about where the Red Sox, the hole the Red Sox had dug themselves and how the Red Sox used that money the following year, which Lucchino talks about, which this wasn't, hey, you know what, we're going to take this money and go out and spend it more on the Josh Hamiltons of the world. They took a dramatically different tact in 2013, but here's the thing. A couple of years later, they went right back to the well, Sandoval and Ramirez. So I, I just thought it was a great time to revisit this trade, and really, if I didn't do it now, I mean, where am I going to do it? Another five years? It's a fifth anniversary. So a good, time, a good time to do it and a good guy to talk to, Larry Lucchino. Hope you enjoy it. Well, Larry Lucchino here, and, and five years ago, August 25th, 2012, maybe the biggest trade not involving Babe Ruth went down, and, and, uh, and Larry, you were right there. Does it seem like five years? You know, it does. I must say, it does seem like it was a, a long time ago, and uh, but it was, as you say, a, a momentous uh, uh, deal for both teams, as it turned out. You know, so, so looking back at it, um, if you can just think back when we we turned into August, and obviously you had the you t- the Red Sox had fallen out of it right around the non waiver trade deadline. I think you guys were sort of in it, but. I would imagine that there was some hesitancy at that time in 2012 to go, to go all in on the non-waiver trade deadline. And, and uh, so when you roll into August, do you remember thinking that this is going, we are going to make a trade or you think that this is just going to be that? Well, um, it was a surprise uh, to me, frankly, that uh, uh, the trade developed. Now, it, it was about a month in its gestation as I think uh, back on it, uh, I got a call from Stan Caston, and I think it was in late July where everybody was thinking about possible trade moves. And I remember vividly, he said, uh, Larry, I'm going to say something to you that uh, you've never heard before in all the years you've been in baseball. And uh, that piqued my curiosity. <laughs> and he said, I want to take some of your high-priced players and their contracts and uh, so uh, uh, we were interested in talking, and it became clear that um, the key to the deal, from their point of view, uh, it, uh, became Adrian Gonzalez. It wasn't clear at the outset uh, because we weren't interested in at the outset in, in trading Adrian Gonzalez. Um, we thought that a deal could be made involving several players, but not necessarily including uh, Adrian. So we talked and uh, and tried to uh, to put something together, uh, but were unsuccessful. And I believe the trading deadline 
came and went. And then in uh, August, after one of our internal meetings, uh, talking with uh, John Henry and Tom Warner and Ben Sherrington, um, we uh, reiterated that this thing had uh, had almost come to fruition and uh, that um, maybe something would happen at the league meeting coming up in August. And, and as I, and as I recall, it did at some point, uh, um, the Dodgers, uh, principal owner, um, from the Guggenheim, uh, came up to John and said he wanted us to, uh, uh, reexamine the deal and resurrect it. And, uh, John, uh, brought that, uh, message, uh, back to us and, uh, and we certainly did, and the uh, the um, there were subsequent discussions between Ben Charrington and um, and the Dodger GM at the time. His name escapes me at the moment, but um, um, and, um, and and I had some conversations with Stan. Uh, John participated had a few conversations, and all of a sudden. Uh, uh, the deal was resurrected. Well, so going back to the before the non-waiver trade deadline ended, and and you have a case of where you have the inclination of an owner and saying, "Hey, we want to explore this," but was there particulars involved? And like you said, you didn't know until later that the Adrian Gonzalez part of it was really going to be the key part. What were what were the initial conversations like? Was it just very general? No, it was. Uh, Started with this notion that we are prepared to take high-priced contracts, uh, players who uh, whose deals may may be uh, seen as uh, unmovable, and, and all of that. We have uh, great financial capacity, and uh, I don't remember the, you know uh, who shot John as to uh, uh, what was in the uh, who was in the deal uh, early on, and uh, it was actually. But as I remember it, uh, Gonzalez and Crawford uh, were always uh, names that were being uh, thrown out. Um, why don't you remind me of uh, the final? Well, you have uh, Beckett, Beckett, deal. Beckett, Nick Punto. The, the, so you had Josh Beckett involved, Nick Punto, and then obviously you get the money back, and and the um, uh, with uh, Evan De Jesus, James Loney. But, I mean, from the Red Sox perspective, you know, obviously, Adrian Gonzalez was the, the good guy, guy who was really rolling, the guy who was still very, very productive. Carl Crawford had his issues. Josh Beckett obviously had his issues, but it was still serviceable. And then Nick Punto was, you know, a guy that might have been able to help a winning team. Right. And, uh, and those names, uh, particularly uh, Beckett, Crawford, and Gonzalez, were always uh, part of the discussion. We thought that maybe a deal could be made uh, without uh, it involving uh, Gonzalez, and Ben Charrington uh, certainly tried to uh, to do that. But um, it uh, it was really the uh, the the almost the coincidence of timing that there was an August meeting hmm. when uh, John Henry was able to talk to. Uh, uh, to Mark, uh, and, um, 
and uh, Mark uh, reiterated his desire to get a deal done. You know, and, and Larry, this is the it's you go to the meetings, or John Henry goes to the meetings, and like you said, you would talk to them previously. But even when John Henry comes back and starts said, "Hey, we we this has been resurfaced." Was it something that you were optimistic or you thought that actually might get done? Because this trade was unlike anything that we had seen maybe you know, ever before, really ever since. Well, uh, we, were, we were stunned that uh, in, in one fell swoop we could eliminate so many future years of money. And uh, it seemed to coincide with, the, uh, with our desire to... Uh, uh, rebuild, although we didn't use that term. Remember, we had the uh, disappointment of 11 and the disappointment of 2012 back to back. So we thought some uh, uh, changes had to be made. Indeed, uh, Ben Charrington traded, excuse me, traded, negotiated for the signing of seven free agents between 12 and 13. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're using the, um, the, the financial wherewithal that we had. And a number of those players uh, had very good years and I think all contributed to the World Series Championship of 2013. When you go, when you look at um, that, de- doing that deal, and if that deal wasn't going to be able to get done, do you remember the feeling within the organization about how things were trending and where you were going to go from there? Because like you said, you had sort of back it on the downturn, a lot of money. You had Carl Crawford, obviously, a ton of money. By then, it was clear that it probably wasn't going to work out. Were you, was, there any, was there trepidation about where the organization was going if you weren't going to be able to make this move? Uh well, we did know that uh, we had to uh, uh, unload some players uh, because uh, we were determined to uh, to win. But we were determined to win within the uh, the uh, the payroll structure of Major League Baseball, and uh, and we uh, we knew we had to get some uh, some flexibility back in our in our payroll. And so, yeah, there was a little discouragement when it didn't happen, but uh, it came together so quickly in August, in part because so much uh, effort was made in uh, in July. Well, what do you what do you remember about those day that day or those couple days when it did come together? Because I I remember it from from our perspective, it just seemed chaotic. It was so many moving parts and so many things going on. From from where you were sitting, what do you remember about it? Well, I remember the bottom line. We saved uh, $262,500,000 in future obligations. <laughs> I remember that quite vividly. And I remember the uh, championship that we won in 2013 that uh, came from, uh, from us having the uh, financial uh, ability. And I remember... Uh, John and Tom's uh, willingness to uh, think big and do something big. Uh, It was not one of those cases where uh, the GM had to petition the ownership and see if we could uh, could get some support for a uh, a blockbuster deal like this. There was a meeting of the minds uh, on it and a desire to do it. It's just that uh, the hesitation was over... uh, departing with Adrian Gonzalez because we had given up some real talent to get him, including uh, uh, 
Rizzo. Right, right. Was was that the from from your perspective? Because Adrian Gonzalez, the talk of Adrian Gonzalez coming to Boston had been years in the making, and this guy was perceived as a, a, a perfect fit for the park, what you guys needed, everything. Was that the for, from your perspective, knowing how much how good Adrian Gonzalez was, and really he had been great in two thousand eleven. Um, was it was that a tough one to swallow for you? Yeah, it was. It was the uh, uh, the tough one. But once we uh, got over our uh, our um, that obstacle, uh, the deal came together pretty quickly. The uh, and you talked about what it allowed you to do in 2013 or going into 2013. Can you just talk a little bit about, you know, obviously you get all this money. So you, you, you save all this money in this deal. And after you had cleared that money, you head into the off season. Do you remember sort of the meeting of the minds and said, this is what we want to do. You went for, you went for shorter term deals spread out, but you know, a lot of money committed. Do you remember thinking leading into that off season? All right. Now we have this money to spend. This is what we want to do with it. I do remember uh, uh, Ben Charrington feeling uh, um, energized to go out and do some things, given the fact that we had uh, made this kind of uh, uh, sea change in long-term financial commitments and therefore had the, uh, the wherewithal to do some things. I mean, we're talking about, uh, I believe, seven uh, free agents. I'm trying mm-hmm. to remember if we ever signed as many as that in, in, in one off season. Uh, now, admittedly, not all were big blockbuster deals, but uh, there was a, uh, um, um, I, I think, a shared um, momentum that developed after the deal that said, in light of this, uh, let's make it uh, uh, pay dividends uh, for us both short-term and long-term. What, do you remember the hesitation or any hesitation of, of uh, not committing to the, the bigger contracts? I, remember, I think Josh Hamilton was uh, maybe that year free agency. And obviously you guys made the right moves, the Napolis and the Victorinos and the David Rosses. But do you remember a conversation of saying, okay, you know, we got locked into these other deals. Let's try to avoid it and maybe take it a little bit different tact. You know, I don't specifically remember a conversation to that effect, but that certainly was uh, was uh, was our our attitude. We were not going to jump from this massive long-term future set of obligations to new massive long-term future obligations. Uh, we were not looking to uh, to do that. What we were looking to do is to uh, uh, was to take advantage of the financial flexibility that we had. And Ben Charrington did it. Uh, uh, beautifully in the uh, 2012-2013 offseason. I remember some uh, debates uh, with him, and, uh, including uh, Johnny Gomes uh, and some of the other players who were not exactly household uh, uh, names, but they were um, players who had, uh, who had uh, winning uh, attitudes, players who had won before, and uh, and it was a great exercise, not just in uh, um, acquiring talent, but acquiring uh, players who participated to a special chemistry that we had in 2013. 
And Larry, just the last question. You look back at five years later, and I said that this is maybe the most memorable trade not involving Babe Ruth. It did seem like the perfect storm, and you had mentioned that before. And it's, it's where you have a team at the time the Dodgers were throwing around on a ton of money. You guys, they had you guys had something they needed. Do you think that this is a type of deal that we just simply won't see again because it was? such a, a, a confluence of events? I wouldn't go so far as to say it won't happen again, but it'll be, there'll be few and far between. This, this was uh, uh, almost the perfect store. Remember the Dodgers had just come into the league and uh, were, uh, were uh, you know, um, acting as though uh, money was no object to anything they did, whether it be acquiring the team or acquiring talent. They were determined to put together a uh, uh, an Uber team, and of course, Adrian Gonzalez was a perfect uh, um, fit for that team, being a uh, uh, Mexican American and who had played on the West Coast before, and uh, um, so um, you know, a lot of things had to come in. We had to be. Uh, experiencing the sort of historic downturn that we had in 11 and 12 uh, from which we bounced back. But we were willing to do something big. They were willing to do something big. And uh, that uh, combination doesn't always uh, uh, lend itself to uh, to, to transactions in, in baseball, which is kind of conservative by nature. Larry, thanks so much. It, it, for me, anyway, the five years have flown by, but uh, but it, I just I thought it was a good conversation to have because I, I like I said before, it's just something that it was such such a memorable memorable event. Thanks for sharing though with us. Okay, uh, uh, Rob, you're, you're you're welcome, and uh, I remember it fondly because of its. Uh, Important implications, but because it showed the uh, uh, the ownership and the uh, and the uh, baseball operations department working so well, hand in glove, in a way that's uh, always important. All right, thanks so much, Larry. Okay. Thank you. Rob. Keep your car looking its absolute best year round with 303 cleaners and protectants. 303's revolutionary graphene nano spray coating gives you professional protection in a simple, easy-to-use formula. It will keep your car's paint protected for up to 12 months and give an insane level of depth and gloss. You can also use their brand-new 303 graphene detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine throughout the year. It can even be used for quick cleanups of light dust and fingerprints in between washes. For a one-two punch to keep your car looking its best, look no further than 303's line of graphene products. 303 Graphene Nano Spray Coating to protect and 303 Graphene Detailer to boost protection, slickness, and shine. Both products are available now at Advanced Auto Parts, AutoZone, and select Walmart locations. Visit 303radio.com for more information. Every search you make, every click you take, they'll be watching you. Tired of companies like Google and Facebook watching everything you do online? There's actually a simple solution. DuckDuckGo. It's an all-in-one privacy app with a built-in private search engine, web browser, one-click data clearing, email protection, and more. All for free. Download the app today and get the most comprehensive privacy protection with a push of a button. DuckDuckGo. Privacy simplified. Welcome to History Is Us. I'm Dr. Eddie S. Glaude, Jr., 
Join me as we journey through history to face the ugly truths at the heart of the American story. Throughout this series, we explore who we are as a nation. Listen to History Is Us, a creation and presentation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meachin Studio, available now on the Odyssey app or wherever you listen to your podcasts.